and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking with Ariel Nathanson of Finances for Feminists about financial wellness. So great, I, um, yeah. Because I'm yeah, because I'm so excited about our guest this week. Yes, um, yes. I have to just gush for a second that um, our guest Ariel, I have known since she was three months old. I held her in my <laughs> arms. Oh my goodness! And uh, and I think we've had Thanksgiving dinner together every year of her life, except not in 2020, of course. Right. Um, but uh, she was a remarkable child and is an even more remarkable adult. And I'm just so happy that we get to share her wisdom with our audience. And I know you oh. know Ariel too. Yes, um, she has been a client of mine. So I got to um, uh, work with her when she was beginning this business, which I am just thrilled that we get to talk with her about. So Ariel, are you with us? Yes. Hi. Welcome. Well, you're, you're making me blush, Janine. I <laughs> I thought you'd known me my entire life. I didn't realize that we had three months, so that's that's a good distinction. But I could tell yeah, you I the did. day that we met. I know the date we met, so because I'm good with dates. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, you guys have both been such huge supports of me. You know, just I so appreciate both of you, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. This is wonderful. So you want to tell us a little bit, tell, uh, well, we know, but tell our audience a little bit about you and Finances for Feminists? I would love to, yeah. So I left my job as a senior executive at a Boston-based software company. And I was there, let's see, um, about eight years. And I left that very stable job to go and run and start my own business during the pandemic. (laughs) Um, And Shannon, both of you guys were uh, very much part of that. Um, And now I have my own business called Finances for Feminists. And there I'm a money coach and I do personal finance education. And so as a financial coach, what I do is I help women attain clarity around their finances. We do that by creating concrete action plans to help them meet their goals. And I provide education and personal personalized support, like breaking down all that financial patronizing jargon you can hear into actionable items and tangible outcomes. So that can include topics ranging from savings goals to investing 101 and like everything in between because money is, is uh, everywhere. And it's just been a really fulfilling journey so far. That's fantastic. I wish that I wish I had had the opportunity to work with someone like you when I was a lot younger. Yes. I would have made a big difference. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's never too late. It's never too early. It's never too late to get your financial house in order. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Very cool. And, uh, I, I personally love your very targeted business name. 
and finances for feminists. And I also love the fact that in this a conversation with three women, all of us went to women's colleges. So, oh, oh, that's right. That. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Janine, uh, it's funny. I have a statistic on my website that like 61% of women would rather talk about their own death than discuss money. Um, So like we as women really need to be comfortable with our money and our finances. And these kinds of conversations that the three of us are having today are really important um, because, you know, we've been socialized as women that money is taboo or it's impolite to ask about. And part of my work and my mission is trying to change that, help to change the conversation and to work with women to help them feel more in control of their money so they can feel more in control of their future and their lives. Oh, yeah. You're giving people freedom, aren't you? I mean, I think that really for women. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, and I think that, like you said, we're sort of socialized to um, not pay attention or not want to pay attention to it or, you know, sort of have this... um, I don't know, there's sort of this underlying current that money is somehow bad, especially if you are trying to make a difference in the world. And it's not true. I mean, money helps you do all the things that you want to do. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting dynamic that I've come across. And I think, like, we're just really nervous. I think perfectionism really sneaks in here too, because we're nervous to be judged or be vulnerable. And so just like having the conversation is important and understanding, like you said, that money helps you do things and do important things and, and show up in the world in the way that you want to. So it doesn't have to be bad or evil. Right. <laughs> right. Well, um, where do you see perfectionism uh, rearing its head among your clients? Ah. Uh, in a lot of places, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think perfectionism is really tied to judgment. And I think we're really our worst critics mm-hmm. in terms of judging ourselves for not having our finances in order. And that could that means different things to different people. So one person that may mean like not feeling like they have their spending on control. For another person that might look like, you know, feeling overwhelmed by credit card debt. But like that perfectionism sneaks in because you know, then we're afraid to look at it. We're afraid to like open up the bank account. We're afraid to like look deep into the numbers and ask the questions. And that's why I think having a coach is so helpful because they're there as like a support to look at things with you, to be there by your side. Um, And I know you guys know this in your line of work as well, that it makes a big difference. But um, I think, you know, the flip side of that is like curiosity. And I have you guys watched Ted Lasso? Oh, yeah. I love I, Ted Lasso. Oh, we love Ted Lasso. <laughs> I just binged it. So going a little meta where he references, uh, you know, curi- be curious and not judgmental as Walt Whitman. But I'm going to go ahead and reference the Ted Lasso yeah. when he says this. Um, but, yeah, I like, to, I like to try to tell my clients to think about that and um, try to channel that and just put your judgment to the side for a second. It's not serving you. Put that perfectionism to the side, let it take a seat, and uh, try to be curious instead and see what comes with that. I love that. Yeah, that's so useful. Curiosity is such a powerful quality to embrace. And, and it is really effective at diminishing perfectionistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, I know you guys um, have talked about 
like your love of wine up, which I'll just I'll just jump in there because I know it's been talked about on the podcast before, and I'm, and I'm curious just, just to ask. So Janine, I know it took a little bit. I know Shannon, you were on the wine up train like for for a while, and Janine, I know it took you a minute. Uh, what what kind of helped you to like um, take that on? Because I, I know a lot of people tooling can be intimidating. I'm, I'm curious how that sort of worked for you. Right. Well, if I'm remembering correctly, Shannon, um, she showed it to me years ago, and I sort of listened, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, (laughs) oh, I think it was because I was doing profit first, Mm -hmm. and I needed a a tool to help me um, with that, maybe. I'm not sure. Finally, it just clicked, though. And Shannon, uh, I read a book (laughs) that helped when I read Jesse Meekham's book called You Need a Budget. And um, once I finally, what Shannon just gave me the confidence to just try it and work with it. And it's okay if I make mistakes because they have a fresh start. And once I finally like got past whatever, I probably it was a perfectionistic barrier of, fig- of being afraid I'd screw it up. Once I like figured it out, because there's a little bit of a learning curve, I was in wholeheartedly and now, now, and then I just, just this year took it over for our household finances. So, I'm, I'm, and now I'm hoping to take over my dad's finances. I'm just, uh, with, you know, just wow. I, want, I want to do more YNAB because <laughs> it's so enjoyable. I have, th- I have three YNAB you budgets. Do? Okay. Yeah, I have a family one. I have my business one and I have one, my mom on it too. <laughs> yeah, I want to be just like Shannon. <laughs> I feel like it's like the manifest destiny of uh, YNAB. It's just onward expansion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like that's so helpful for your listeners to hear, to hear you talking through that process, because I know now you guys are both, you know, you're using it, I think, daily, right? Or, or close oh, yeah. to it. And, oh. and so knowing that, you know, like there was a process to get there and uh, it's okay to make mistakes also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and, and it's good to remember that uh, it doesn't, it's not instantaneous, you know, it's not like you flip a switch and you have sort of financial literacy. Like you say, it's a, it's a process. And, and, you know, it took a while for, um, going into YNAB every day, which I do every day, um, became like a treat as opposed to a challenge. (laughs) But now it's sort of like the thing I do when, um, like, when I want to have like do something that feels really satisfying, it's that's the thing that I go to. Like I, I just feel so much better after, and and it's I mean you know part of it's why not, but mostly what it is is that it's like checking in with my money. It's like hey, you know spending a little bit of time with my money so I know where everything is and there are no surprises. And I think right. that's the gift that it really gives me. It eliminates the un- any uncertainty about money, which is such a nice thing <laughs> to, to just be certain um, yeah. in, in an unusual thing. I do it every morning first thing, and then usually I check in at, at another point during the day. And just wow. this is just reminding me, I remember doing an you know some kind of a money exercise years ago before I found out about YNAB. And sort of the belief I had about money at the time was um, uh, if I had enough money, I wouldn't have to think about it. And mm. and I find it really interesting that huh. sort of the reverse is true. 
that um, uh, thinking about it, I mean, I don't think about it all the time, but like checking in with it so I know where it's at as opposed to sort of hiding from it is what has really given me a sense of freedom around money. That is so interesting. That's so powerful. I feel like the, I was just going to say that, that like you have such a mindfulness around your money and where it is and that owning that is really powerful in terms of feeling in control of what's going on with your spending and your finances. And mindful spending is something that I like start with, with all my clients because um, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, everything sort of revolves around it because you're spending money. And if, if you feel good about where your money is going and, and just even aware of it, not necessarily even good about it, but aware of where what's happening, that's just a huge step forward. Yeah. Well, so what do you mean exactly by mindful spending? Yeah. So I have this fun exercise that I walk through with my clients and, and I'm happy to talk through it for your listeners as well. Um, but it's essentially a great place to start, especially if you're feeling uncomfortable around your money or if you want a refresher, if you just want to kick off, um, you know, I, I call it mindful spending, which is just basically checking in with your money. But the second piece is checking in with how it's making you feel, like how that purchase mm-hmm. is making you feel from an emotion standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically an exercise based off of Refinery29's money diaries, but it's really simple. You just grab a sheet of paper and a pen, or you can open up a Google sheet if you prefer that. Um, And then you open up your credit card statement or your Venmo account or wherever you're making your transaction. Um, And, you know, just up front acknowledge for some people logging into their credit card accounts and can feel really overwhelming in terms of not wanting to look too closely. So if you're in that camp, if that's where you're at right now, you're not alone. Um, It does get easier as you get more comfortable looking at those statements. But what I recommend people do is just jot down the date, how much you spent, what the thing was, and then what are your emotions around the purchase? And I like to make it easy. I know, Janine, that's your motto, making it easy. <laughs> Love that motto. <laughs> so just like for me, I just do like a plus, a minus, or like a neutral in terms of how like reflecting on that purchase is making me feel. And just something as simple as that, you'd be so surprised. But um, it really gets people more in touch with how their spending and their emotions are connected. And I recommend people do it for a week and ideally for like a month. Um, but over time, what you'll find is that you'll save money and you'll also feel better about the purchases that you are making. Um, so like an example would be like last weekend, I bought a latte, it was $5 and I feel positive about it because it was an opportunity to see a friend socially distanced outside, catch up and support my local coffee shop. Um, so just something really simple, you know, this is like pre-tooling, like the step before wine up the step before, you know, automation, all that stuff, just a very basic check-in. And I found that that really helps people starting out to get over, you know, any perfectionism they may have about like getting it all right at once and just getting more in touch with their spending and their emotions. Well, and even just bringing that idea sort of into your consciousness of, of paying attention to how you feel after having spent money um, shifts Mm -hmm. the pattern. And I think that's probably why, you see um, people who do this, that their spending patterns change, just bringing that awareness to it. Exactly. Yeah. And is it is it, are you suggesting that people are evaluate their feelings around each purchase? Is that right? Is that am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. It's a little bit um, 
it works better, I find, for non-essential purchases because, like, yeah, I, I would like to not pay rent. Like, I don't feel <laughs> totally positive about that, but, you know, I also need to pay rent. Um, but it is helpful for, you know, uh, maybe that Hulu account that has snuck in there that you didn't realize was even on your card because it's been re-upping mm-hmm. automatically. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that and just helps people sort of check in. And again, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier in terms of that judgment and curiosity, like just being curious about, oh, that's interesting. I, I'm, you know, didn't expect that I would feel, um, you know, so negative about that purchase. But now that I'm realizing it, I, I think moving forward, I'm going to keep that in mind next time mm-hmm. I'm in that situation. Wow. And it seems to me like folks who have a problem with um, or a challenge with spending money, emo- emotional spending uh, at the moment that they're actually spending the money you know, over shoppers and so forth might really benefit from reflecting a little later about how they felt about that purchase. And, and it might, it seems like you suggest it might help them not make a, a, purchase, a similar purchase tomorrow or down the road. Um, that's really interesting. I right. love it. Uh, and now, you know, we get to see our, we, Shannon and I are spending, or um, paying attention to all each of our purchases, but I'm going to try to, um, tomorrow morning, try to uh, ask myself how I feel about each of them as I'm doing Ooh. that. Oh, yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me know how it goes. Yeah. I'm going to try that too. It's interesting because in NLP, there's a technique called the naturally slender eating technique. And the idea of it is you, th- if when you feel hungry before you decide what you're going to eat, you think about what you want, you think about eating it, you think about having eaten it, you know, sort of immediately after, and then you think about having eaten it in the future. And that will help you make a decision about, um, you know, choosing to eat something that will help you feel good now and in the future or recognizing that you're not even hungry. And it, and this is sort of the same sort of thing if you did this in advance. Like if you're thinking about spending money and thinking about how you will feel spending the money, how you will feel having just spent the money and how you will feel at some point in the future having spent the money. And um, that could, I'm guessing, really shift spending habits particularly for people who sort of do mindless spending and we we did a little episode on this recently about uh, I think a lot of people fell into um, mindless shopping habits well maybe not mindless but um, uh, shopping habits during the pandemic that might not be normal for them Mm -hmm. and you know I'm not just talking about myself here I, I, I mean, it is important to recognize we are in a pandemic, like, we're going to make emotional purchases, at, you know, and that that's okay within reason, the point is, like, you know, just just being intentional about it, recognizing it, and then, you know, trying to, to make that decision next time more informed. But I, I love what you said, Shannon, about the parallels to food. I think about that a lot, too, um, just in terms of how food and money are so similar, and that it's kind of everywhere, and yet you have to... Uh, you can't really avoid money. You can't really avoid food. Right. And, um, and, and I was, I was trying, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I think some, like I was trying to think like, why is it that some people really enjoy certain tools? Like, you know, some people, you know, swear by mint and other people by nab. And, and I was thinking it was kind of like different diets of like, Oh, I like love the paleo diet. It really works for me and I feel great on it. And like, um, or I love the Atkins diet. I was thinking like it's just a different subset where like people 
it works well for them, it meets their needs, but it might not be a great fit for everyone for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, right. I feel like the food analogy and money, you could just extrapolate that all across the board. So I love how you tied that together. Yeah, it's interesting. If there was a, like, there's no way that I would ever track all my food and calories and all that stuff but if there was a way that you could do that that was like YNAB like if it all just showed up (laughs) and I didn't have to do anything I might consider it just out of curiosity (laughs) I feel like there's going to be some sort of Apple watch that does that someday I I don't have one but yeah like you just like take a picture of it and tells you what it is yeah (laughs) Yeah, if there isn't one, there there will be soon. I bet. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I really feel like this this exercise. If you think about how you're going to feel tomorrow when you go through your credit card statement, that you're going to have to evaluate. I mean, you're going to want to evaluate how you feel about it. That really could affect your spending. I think that that's. It'll, I think that that's terrific. And mindfulness, adding mindfulness to our lives is just so beneficial. Yeah. And the, the other thing I like to talk about my clients is, um, you know, cause I don't want it to feel all constricted. Like, you know, you can't, you can't spend money on things. That's why the emotion piece is so important because, you know, you, you can spend money within reason, you know, within your budget on things that make you feel good. Um, so I also work with, um, my clients around values based spending and making sure that they're money spending habits align with their values Mm. and it all basically ties into being intentional and being mindful about your spending because you'll feel good when your spending is in line with your values and how you want to be living your life yeah it's so powerful and i and it's easy to lose sight of those things to you know you just sort of Um, are spending based on what's in front of you as opposed to thinking about the bigger picture your values and what really matters and and um, this has come up a few times in past episodes but you know the idea of like if you could be spending little bits of money here and there that could add up to something that would really matter to you but if you don't recognize that it won't ever happen Mm-hmm. Right. It, it takes time to step back and to process and to have a moment between, you know, putting that thing in your Amazon cart and just clicking by and, and, and reflecting on, you know, that decision and what is the impact. And that's where, you know, these kinds of exercises really come into play because they help you to take a step back and to, you know, reflect. Yeah. So if someone is feeling like, overwhelmed even looking at their credit card statement do you have any ideas that can help them get in a place where that becomes doable becomes a little bit easier i mean i would probably suggest that they journal around those feelings first because i'm imagining there's some emotions around you know probably judgment Mm -hmm. or or shame um first of all normalizing that a lot of people experience uh feelings of judgment and shame Um, So that is a very normal emotion to have. And um, journaling about that, taking time to process and sit with it. And then, um, you know, just doing, I recommend very bite-sized pieces on the exercise. If you're feeling overwhelmed by your credit card statement, just look at one day. Just start Mm -hmm. with one day and just do that. Okay, now do two days and build up from there. 
because I mean, I, I find myself if I go back further than a week, I I don't remember. I'm like, what? I don't want. I don't remember what this was like. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but if it's not electronic and itemized, I'm like, did someone steal my credit card? And, and right. <laughs> like, I, I have no recollection of that. I'm so, you know, just taking it, you know, reflecting on your emotions and, and where that's coming from and also just taking it in really bite-sized pieces and doing it day by day um, and, you know, cutting yourself some slack, you know, just, just starting is a huge step and, and, you know, some people don't even log into their credit card account. So even just logging in, like step one, step two, look at right. one day, step three, look at two days and take it, you know, bite-sized. That's what I would recommend. I think that's a great idea. Just, you know, wherever, start wherever you are and take one small step. Like you don't have to um, eval- evaluate all your spending over the past year, like from the get go. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, um, you know, this is a process. Like it's not like, you know, when you're done, you're like, oh, I never have to think about this again. Like it's ongoing, you know, it's, it's going to be something that's with you. Um, and so just recognizing that, that, you know, whatever that quote is, it's a journey, not a destination and, and being okay right. with the journey. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, each step you take is a step in the right direction and it's further than where you were the day before. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the, I think starting with this, with spending is so helpful. Um, what are the other areas that you sort of focus on with clients with, with your, um, with your coaching package? Yeah. So I, my coaching package is, it's called finance fundamentals and it's a three month program. And it's funny, originally I had one off sessions with people and I realized, Oh my goodness, like that is Shannon. I think you actually helped me realize this. That yeah. is not enough time. And people, you know, it's funny. Like we think like, yeah, I just need 90 minutes. And you're like, actually, I think uh, this is going to take a little bit longer. So I found that three months is that sweet spot where uh, we can definitely get a lot done um, in that time. But what I start with is, you know, getting clear on your money map, which is basically like, where are you? Like, where are you relative to your debt? How about your savings? Like, how about your retirement? Because a lot of people, you know, they have different accounts, but, you know, they're not really sure how much is in them or where they are or like how to log in. So just getting really clear putting that all in one place, like that's the first step because you can't Mm -hmm. go somewhere if you don't know where you are. Right. And then from there, it's like articulating your goals. And a lot of that I work with the values-based spending, values-based goals. Like what do you you want your money to, how do you want your money to support the life you want to live? Because for me, I see money as a tool to do that. Um, I think a lot of people feel like money is restrictive or confining, but like I like to flip that script and see it as like an opportunity to help you live the life you want to leave. So what what does that look like for you and help people articulate those goals? And then I love talking about investing 101 because as women, we are, um, I think the statistic is like 71% of our assets are in cash. And, you know, if you're very close to retirement, that that may be okay for you. But for a lot of us, like that's, that's not where we want to be. We want to be investing more. Um, and so getting comfortable with just the basics, investing 101, like making sure that that language, that financial jargon is accessible and easy to digest and um, fun. That sounds crazy, but <laughs> fun. <laughs> wow. 
And then automating stuff, so helping you set yourself up for success so that your, your goals and working towards your goals are automated. Um, and then the last thing is uh, conquering your credit, so just making sure that um, your credit is in good shape because having credit scores is important. It helps you do things like you know take out mortgages and um, things like that. So getting comfortable with your credit score, understanding it, knowing how to pull it, all that fun stuff. And then I set you guys free and then, you know, they're off into the world. So that's, that's, uh, what, <laughs> that's what, I, awesome. what I've been doing lately. Yeah. That sounds great and comprehensive, um, but not overwhelming somehow. I, you know, that's, it's sounds like a really good way for people to, you know, sort of get their arms around their money situation. That's the hope. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, that's the hope. Yeah. Do, do you work with clients at, of in various stages of life, various ages, or are you focus on yeah, other folks? I, I tend to work with uh, younger women um, just <laughs> because um, there's a, there's a longer runway for them in terms of, you know, that investing 101 and retirement um, details. But um, it's interesting. A lot of what I've said has resonated with um, women closer to retirement age. Um, so I am exploring, you know, that as a potential option, but I'm trying to narrow my focus just at the beginning so I mm-hmm. don't bite off more than I can chew. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. Um, and just to go back a second, um, when you were talking about the credit score, it w- reminded me that a lot of things are influenced by your credit score, like how much you pay for insurance. And, um, you know, even jobs can be influenced by your credit score. So it is a very helpful na- thing to understand and, and um, uh, pay attention to and improve where you can. Absolutely. Yeah, I find that that's one that people often overlook. Um, so yeah, I agree. It, it is important in terms of getting those goals, you know, getting the things done in life that you want to accomplish. Having good credit is important. And there are ways to build your credit up. Um, so if you are feeling like you don't have the best credit, like that, that is definitely something that you can work towards improving. Yes, that's great. And really, I mean, I think that's the, the main thing to take out of what you're saying is that, um, knowledge is power here that that paying attention and being curious and and understanding where you're at and where you want to go is what gives you the freedom and and the opportunities that you want exactly and and you know needing something that's like accessible and having someone help you be accountable like that's what a money coach is for and if you're in that place where maybe you're feeling overwhelmed when you try to research it yourself or you don't know how exactly your 401k match is supposed to work with this investment, like that's okay. Like, that's a fine place to be if you're, you need that extra um, support. Um, and, you know, if not great, I love it. Like keep, keep on keeping on. And, and I hope that, you know, this conversation encourages people to talk about their finances more with each other and helps push that dialogue along further. That's great. I, I, imagine that it really will. Do you have any other questions, Janine? Do you have any questions for Arielle? Uh, no, I feel like I could talk to her about this forever, but I think this is a good <laughs> stopping point. Next Thanksgiving, Arielle, <laughs> we'll talk away. Uh, I have missed our Thanksgiving so much, Janine. I think we should have one in the summer once everyone's vaccinated. Uh, 
Um, sounds I think sounds I'm the good. only one that feels that way, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like I would maybe want to fly in for that. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Ariel. This is super helpful, and and I feel sort of reinvigorated to look at what I'm doing and see where I can bring in more curiosity and mindfulness. Wonderful. Yes, I, I love that. And and thank you guys both so much for having me. I, I did want to say quickly, uh, people can find me at my website, which is financesforfeminists.com. All letters, both plural, but finances for feminists. Yeah. A lot of alliteration. <laughs> um, and there's a contact form on that page. There's more info on the finance fundamentals package. And I'm happy to chat with anyone who thinks it might be a good fit. Excellent. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. Yes. All right. So we want to hear from you, our listeners. Um, How are you approaching your financial wellness? And and where can you let go of perfectionism to and bring more curiosity in about money? You can let us know on the show notes at gettingtogoodenough.com on social media, Facebook and Instagram, we're at Getting to Good Enough. And on Twitter, we're at GTG Enough. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. Uh, But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. This just makes me want to open up YNAB and, and look at everything. <laughs> For the second time today, right? Exactly. <laughs>